everyone and welcome to episode 173 of Retro Encounter. We are discussing Zero Escape, Virtue's Lost Reward. It is a reunion of our previous 999 panelists. So with us, we have Monsoon, or Mike Solosi. Hey, we're bringing the band back together. I love these episodes. Yay! And plus, I think we, like, pretty much right after we all finished 999, we were desperate to play the sequel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So we also have with us Jade, or Leona McCallum. Hi there. I'm so happy to be back. This should be a good time. And... Oh yeah, this is my favorite of the series. <laughs> I'm ready to talk. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to unpack. And also with us we have Trent Agrav, aka Stranger. I'd ally with you guys every time. It's nice <laughs> to meet everyone. And I'd yeah, ally really with, with and I'd ally <laughs> with you guys most of the time. Yeah. And um, I'm Hillary Andreff. I don't have a code name, but I also don't think I'm running this game, so I'm not Zero Junior in this. You're scenario. a protagonist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, or actually, in this in this version, I guess that makes me like the cranky old man. <laughs> There's multiple cranky old men in this game. <laughs> yup. Okay, so let's get started with kind of an, an introduction. We're going to talk about basically what's the game, the basic ideas. So this is the sequel to 999. Um, it kind of is a prerequisite to know what happens in 999 to really fully understand everything that's going on in VLR. Oh, we yeah. have, oh God, we have a few characters coming back. We have the basic concept of the Nonary games again. And same kind of game mechanics although fine-tuned a bit with the escape segments and story segments and an additional little mini-game, as Zero Junior describes it. So any any detail to add? The Ambidex game. Yes. The mini-game is called the Ambidex game. <laughs> Ambidex edition! I love Zero Junior so much. I freaking, I freaking hate that little rabbit. I love him. I freaking hate him. He's so prevalent in the first half of the game, and then in the second half, I miss him so much. Uh, Mm. Yeah. So Zero's presence in this game is a really kind of cool-looking quantum computer rabbit Mm -hmm. um, who kind of has a very sassy... Flippant attitude. Full of sass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does a lot of hair puns and carrot puns as well, which are oh, always yeah. um, uh, good and tasteful for the situation at hand. Oh, yeah. In the game. Mm. And Nothing z- better than a, a and, bunch and, of puns. Yeah, and, and, and Zero also mentions from the beginning that uh, that it's an AI. So yes. that so it's, it's it immediately sort of... Uh, Disallows the idea that uh, someone's controlling it like a puppet. It's like it's like no 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 no. Uh, Zero's pr- uh, the real um, Zero Senior is one of you guys. They uh, they they don't need to be manipulating me with a video game controller or something. Yeah, so they they, they can totally be part of this game and not like need to run away to control me for a few seconds. 
so you can't figure me out. Yeah, mm. which is neat that they established that immediately because that's a little bit of a contrast from 999 where the group kind of discusses, well, what are the ways where Zero could be one of us? Could they mm -hmm. still manipulate all this stuff? So they just lay it out there right away that, yes, <laughs> <laughs> Zero Junior is independent and... Yeah, they come out right away, like, basically, like, 999 takes a long time to get to that point where, they're like, one of us could be Zero and also, you know, is killing people and blah, blah, blah. And Virtue's last reward is, like, right away, it's probably one of us. There is very little doubt that it is one of us. Honestly, Clover takes it in more stride than I thought she would. Like, I, I yeah. thought she would immediately go into a tantrum or a panic attack or something <laughs> being, I being guess it's just become uh, another day in her life another non game another week she, <laughs> she handles it better than i thought she would she she did yeah. not she did not immediately find the nearest hatchet and murder everyone for i'm for no example. honestly i was going through the beginning parts of this game and i'm like all right which one of these flow charts is where where is axe ending clover going to show up here yeah <laughs> She sort of showed up in one bad ending, I think. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's usually okay if she's got that one person she trusts. In this game, it's mm. Alice. But when Alice kind of is out of touch, then she loses the, the plot again. Yeah, yeah. Thing, things don't always go well for Alice in this game. In fact, they don't really go well for uh, for anyone sometimes. No. The game goes well for anyone, even even towards the even towards the, the very end of the game. They're all going through some really rough stuff, and, both personally. And even oh, some yeah. of the some of the important endings basically end with room full of corpses. And yeah. Ugh, ugh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. To back up a little bit, just as a quick explanation, so these people are stuck in what appears to be kind of a warehouse, maybe quarantine facility, but probably not at the beginning. And they are in a very, very high stress, high stakes situation because like in 999, they are being forced to solve puzzles and play the Ambidex game, which is, they describe it as a sort of prisoner's dilemma scenario where, where you're either part of a pair, which is a new interesting thing mm -hmm. from that's different mm -hmm. from 999, or you go by yourself and you have to vote to either ally with each other or betray each other. And it's all based on who who goes through which chromatic doors and solves which puzzles. And there yes. are usually three points at which that voting happens. And it gets interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's all about mm -hmm. them points. Got to get up to nine points and then you can go through the number nine door so you can escape. And the quickest way is usually... Technically, to betray because that could get you three points at a time, where ally only gets you two. So that's right. where the real drama comes in: is who's going to betray, who's going to ally and work with the group. Right, and to make things more complicated, the bracelets work a little bit differently this time. If you're in a scenario where you disobey the rules, or if you don't have any bracelet points left after an ambidex game, uh, you get pumped full of soparil, which is the anesthetic from 999 and then basically a, a muscle relaxant so that you die basically peacefully yeah that's nice of them <laughs> right <laughs> to just to be nice and and the two-step nature of the death the for first the uh the the first the sleeping thing and then the relaxant that kills you 
factors into the plot sometimes because mm-hmm. it, it, I mean in certain endings that does happen to you and there are ways of like ways the plot allows you to get out of it. It's 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 con- it's confusing. They um the game uses a flowchart navigation system similar to later versions of 999 where you can go to different plot jump between different plot points and uh and play or replay scenarios with and make different decisions whether it's with the ambidex game or with a you know a plot relevant decision but they are extremely aware of the flow chart this time oh yeah in, in a way with 999 like there's really only one time in 999 where it, it it makes it uh, the game's clear that you're remembering something from another timeline, and that's with the uh, the the coffin ending and true ending versus the safe mm-hmm. ending. But in this game, that knowledge of other timelines plays into almost the entire uh, core structure of the game. Yeah, it's a requirement. You, there are some times when you where you can't proceed without information from a different version of events, which is just cool. It's just just uh, thematically and mechanically cool to have information of the timelines being the need and the actual key to progress. I thought that was extremely well done. <sighs> yeah, yeah it's, everything about Virtua's Last Reward just seems like, okay, let's take this concept from 999 and make it bigger, expand mm. it, make it applicable in so many different ways. And it is really streamlined, or at least it felt like it was. I know we were kind of discussing this as we played, but... Once you have that starting bit of information, it it, it does feel kind of natural. You kind of know where to go and how to mm-hmm. solve the the blocks and which order. Yeah, it's kind of like a domino effect. Eventually, you get so much information, and eventually the, the, the endings just come and come and come. All right, so we've talked a little bit about the basics. Um, do we want to introduce characters a little bit more now? Yay. I love the characters in this game. They're all really good. Yeah. Should we all say what our favorite character is, and then we'll introduce the rest after that? Okay. Yeah. Let's go around. Okay. All right. I'll start. I like Luna. Ah, she's so good. Yeah. I think she's the only person that votes ally every single round. Every single (laughs) round. She will never vote betray. And uh, which is what I found myself wanting to do as I played this game. I did all the ally (laughs) flowchart. And and nobody does betray every single round, not even Dio. I, I was I was a little bit surprised when I found the one scenario where Dio voted ally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is that scenario? I think it just like he felt like uh, he was being like it'd be too obvious at that point to vote betray. Yeah, he, Wasn't he was, someone gonna die if he did? <laughs> something like that. He didn't want to be a too obvious villain or something. Yeah, it did stop him usually when someone was about to die. Usually, always had like an excuse about why it was the logical conclusion. Yeah, <laughs> but not not Luna. Luna sweetly always vo- votes ally every time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love her so much. She's just um, she's so nice. You can't help but mistrust her at the start before yeah. you really know her. You just feel like, well, you're such an obvious bad guy, <laughs> and then she's like, no, I'm just genuinely nice. Yeah, there's this interesting sort of arc where, like, toward the beginning, you're like, all right, you were very, very super sweet. <laughs> and then and then there's the knife and something uh-huh. happens with her AB room and you kind of suspect that she may have killed someone for a while. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, were you being too nice? But then it sort of comes into this ni- nice arc. And by the time you get to the true ending. Yeah. Like your yeah. life and death basically boils down to whether or not your friendship with Luna, if you believe Luna enough to go against what you think the facts are and to say, no, she wouldn't have. It wasn't her. 
So she will yeah. abandon you in that warehouse if you do not see. Yeah, the, yeah, that that the bad ending where you sort of don't trust Luna. Oh god, uh, is uh is really heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah, you can just imagine her looking off distantly, so sad that her love would, you know, not trust her in that way, and she's just like, well, I'll just I'll, I'll let you die then. And I like how how in that timeline they like zero junior, yeah, zero junior actually comes back to like explain this to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of rubs it in. Uh, for me, it's 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 a with a bullet. I mean, Luna is fantastic, and her ending is heart wrenching. But uh, what's the word? The dual character of Quark and Temioji were my oh, favorite gosh. characters in the, in the uh, what's it in the uh, entire game. Like father son narratives are have are a soft spot for me. What's <laughs> the word? And finding out who Temioji actually is, or if you oh, click onto it earlier and having the context of quark's uh quark's uh canonical ending as well uh-huh. yeah, it, it, it brought me it brought me uh brought me to tears uh the way that he was describing it it was like why is he describing this this mm-hmm. this horrible wasteland this 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 place that seems to be so so barren and so Darwinistic and it, 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 it destroyed. Why is a root beer float so expensive? Yeah. That's the word. That's the that's the the crux of it. And then I then when you finally click onto oh with the in the room, I think it's the director's office. That was when I, I finally clicked into the fact. I was like, oh, he has a picture of uh he has a picture of a car. Now. Why does he have a picture? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, and I was like, no, 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 no. And then the game confirmed my suspicion, and I was like, had. Yeah. That's that's doubly rough. The 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 double the double blow of, of finding out that, I mean, it, it, is it okay to is it okay to throw that into the wild? Oh no, we're, we're gonna spoil this the hell out of the game yeah. this entire yeah. episode. So we, we, we can do it now. Is the main character from from Nine 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 Junpei? Junpei. And uh, I love Junpei and to, to know that his timeline, or at least the timeline that's presented mm-hmm. in, in uh, Virtue's Last Reward, is literally the worst timeline in terms of him, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, him and Akane kind of uh, reconciling, uh, and instead him uh, kind of uh, throwing himself into kind of this adoptive fatherhood was uh, big, big, big emotions, big feels big feels all all around um yeah. and the moment where you meet her in that really cool final uh final place which we'll probably get to later um it, it's uh it's the layering of theming and emotion from 999 to, to virtue's last reward was like it's exquisite um both in temyoji and junpei and 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 quark's character but also in clover's character as well yeah it's it's good. It's a good. They're good characters. Those two are my favorite characters. They are some good. Quark's a good lad, and and Tim Yoji is a. It's this very sad, very sad, a very good man, but very very sad. He spends yeah. his entire life looking for Akani and never finds her, and then he's old before he realizes it. Yeah, and he tries to find redemption, and this young boy that's abandoned, his parents are dead. <laughs> I do question his parenting skills with the grandpa tapes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Yeah, yeah some parts of years that I'm like, oh, okay, that's uh, before I knew it was Junpei, and even regardless yeah. of knowing that it was Junpei, I was like, oh, okay. It's like, oh, this is your favorite scotch, Grandpa. And, uh, <laughs> and 
Clark's like, wow. And, and he's like, oh, man, I, I can't have a drink of it now. It's probably the worst time to have so. But maybe later, though. And Clark's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, it's actually he, kind of funny because Clover does something similar in the lounge at one point. She's like, now's the best time to have a drink. It seems just yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm 21 now. <laughs> yep. People are unraveling before our eyes. Just have a drink. It'll make it'll make it it'll make it better, guys. Woo! Uh, yeah, it was it was yeah questionable questionable parenting. Uh, 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 yeah, questionable parenting and 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 uh, goofiness aside. Yeah, Quag's naivety and him describing. I feel like it's two halves of a complete arc, as it were. What's the word when you get both? Uh, you understand who Temioji is, and you get Quark's uh, little letter at the end. I think it's right. really, like kind of completes itself, and it enhances something I love in storytelling. It enhances the narrative uh, as a whole, but it also enhances the narrative of both of those two characters. And it's something that I think Virtue's Last Reward does like uh, pitch perfectly: is that every single ending kind of enhances either a different character, the character that's involved in it, or or the narrative at large. Which, yeah, good storytelling. Yeah, I mean, that's a very important point to make because there are so many games now that try to have multiple endings, but to connect them and have them build on one another, I think it was one of the really cool things about this game. And I've got to agree. I mean, there was just a really beautiful thread going from 999 through VLR with Akane and Tenmyuji slash Junpei. Mm. And I think Quark's description of his life with Tenmyuji in that ending, really, you just got such a vivid picture of yeah. him like adopting this kid and the struggles they went through and they, how they really, really cared for each other, despite the fact that they were in a rough situation. They were in like a wasteland with very few resources. Mm-hmm. And they didn't know quite how to take each other as well. Mm-hmm. Junpei didn't quite understand kids and Court didn't quite understand how Junpei yeah. felt. They were... But in the end, they really did find that connection. It was really beautiful. Yeah, they did. And when I got to that moment in that ending where they're like, okay, we we understand each other. That was, I think, one of the points where I cried a little bit. I was like, oh, <laughs> they love each other. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like, don't, don't be mad at my grandpa. I'm like, oh, I can't be mad at your grandpa. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I can't be mad at his freaking grandpa. No, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, you yeah. can't be mad at him because of his past and the interesting plot stuff, and you can't be mad at him because you spent an entire other game playing with yeah. him. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that uh, the revelation that um, Tenmyoji is Junpei can come at a different, uh, a few different points, depending on sort of how you uh, play the game and what order you see the endings in. Yeah. But there's a, mm. and but not only for that plot twist, but for others as well there's a fair amount of foreshadowing there it, it plays uh it plays fair with with the story breadcrumbs that you get and it's uh it, it, like playing through this game for the second time because I, I i played this uh for the first time i think um for uh like 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 4 years ago or so yeah 2015 sounds right like the way that tenmyoji reacts to clover for the first time and keeps trying to tell tell her something in uh in like during certain plot points and uh yeah. and the way he reacts to seeing uh seeing the uh corpse of the old woman in certain timelines yep. for the first time it's yep. and the and the i trust clover well and clover's yeah. confused she's like why do you trust me it's impressive not and not only for that twist but for a couple of others especially uh about um sigma and phi but uh, the, i i think that this that vlr even though it has a lot of 
real nonsense uh, happening in its in its plot <laughs> about the, uh, the the quantum mechanics and science fiction stuff. It, it mm-hmm. mostly plays fair with storytelling. There's for there's foreshadowing. The uh, the twists feel earned. Um, oh, yeah. And and when, but when they come, the twists like hit you like hammers. It's amazing. All right. So who else do we have in our group? Or actually, we have favorites. Other favorites. Yeah. So let's see. Do you have a favorite that you want to share? Uh yeah, I think I think for a while my favorite was was Alice because I always because she's sort of like uh, Lotus. She's like this. She's, she's like the cool smart lady who doesn't know how to wear a shirt. But I, I think, but, but by the end of the game, my favorite was definitely Fi. Yeah. Ah uh, uh, yeah. Ah like yeah, uh, yeah. Um, she she shares Sigma's ability to remember what happens, and, and I should say the player's uh, acknowledgement of what happens between timelines, and uh, you know, and you know, this game continues to subvert the idea of multiple endings and multiple playthroughs by having characters literally remember what happens every time. But yeah. she knows more than Sigma for the first several timelines, mm-hmm. and, and, that, and that makes her uh, a lot of the time seem either a little omniscient or a little jaded and annoyed with you. <laughs> <laughs> She, she's like, come on! I like we've both done this before, and Sigma's like, what on earth are you talking about? But then in later timelines, uh, Sigma knows more than five because uh, because the the more you've played of the game, the uh, it, it, it's it becomes obvious that the player is experiencing it at Sigma's pace, and Phi is experiencing the events of the story mm-hmm. at a different pace, and you mm-hmm. aren't always lined up for each other, and that that makes. Uh, following what Fi is saying, a little confusing, but but really fascinating, and I, and I like that she has some attitude. Yeah, and I oh, like yeah. how that pace changes over yeah. the course of the game because Sigma learns a lot really quickly toward the end, and he basically kind of overtakes her. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite scenes between them is when like Fi is like, "You have to jump right now to, you know, dis- disarm these bombs," and Sigma's like, "Okay, I'll, I'll do that." And then he's like, "Are you crazy? How am I supposed to do that? I have no idea." <laughs> I'll just jump between timelines, sure. And I think our our first clue that we are dealing with some alternate timelines, kind like Akaning did in nine nine nine, is that Phi remembers that you die if your BP drops to zero. And actually, even Zero Junior kind of like does a little nudge and is like, "Well, no one knew that before voting for the first time, <laughs> right?" Yeah, it's like oh, Zero Three is probably like, "Oh, so it's working then." Yeah. <laughs> the, the experiment is working. Yo, that's so true. That did happen. It's <laughs> all gone. <laughs> so much. Oh, is there ever a game worth playing through a second or a third time? It's Virtue's Last Reward. You pick up on right. so much. Yeah. I didn't even pick up. Yeah, I mean, no, I picked up on the alternate timeline bit, but yeah, Zero, Zero does kind of nudge gently and poke fun of that a little. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, I, and I love how people are always game. are always making fun of Sigma for being old, calling him Grandpa. Uh-huh. Uh, things like that that uh, do not make sense until you, you know, know everything that the game is... Uh, yeah. Is mm. You know, I'm mad at myself for just going along with it and never questioning it. I'm like, yeah, that's a weird thing to say, but I don't, like, why think about it anymore? Why does everyone keep calling me an old man and just never thought about it? Like, I never saw that twist coming until yeah. it was actually told to me by <laughs> That's but amazingly yeah. well done, actually, now that I think about it, because it happens yeah. across timelines at a few different points, and you don't mm-hmm. question it. You just don't. Yeah, and the, and the, the scenes where Sigma is alone and hitting on, like, Clover... <laughs> has a whole new meaning when you realize that Sigma looks the way he does 
Yeah. He has a robotic eye. His hair is all gray and greasy looking. And I, I like I like when you uh, in uh, one of the last rooms in the director's office, he uh, Sigma sees the hologram video recording of Zero. <laughs> it's all by himself. <laughs> All by himself, and he he looks like a like a, you know a villain in a Bond movie or something like like yeah. a you know a mad scientist with a robotic eye and all that, and uh, and and the whole time I the first time I played this game I'm like wait this is zero should isn't it supposed to be one of the players? Mm-hmm. Is like is uh-huh. uh, and then and then and, and, and by the and by then I had been through the golem room and I'm like oh maybe one of the players is a golem being controlled by zero, and uh-huh. uh, but but then you realize oh no that weird mad engineer mad scientist. Is Sigma? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, crazy. And the amount of red herring Sigma goes through with this, uh, like, who's a robot? The whole who's a robot plot. There's like multiple people you could consider who is the robot. You could say, is it Sigma because you have the whole white stuff coming out of his arms, and you think, well, okay, he's probably the robot. Then it's confirmed. But you also have Phi because she has those superhuman feats of strength mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I was like, is it Phi? Was she really the robot? And I never. And then, and then there's and then there's K who already looks like oh, a robot. Oh yeah, Yes, it's like who's the robot? And it ends up being the person who doesn't even you know it's least suspected probably for being the robot. Right, because you you are just kind of primed to think of her as the the super sweet sympathetic one. Yes, even though she looks identical to the picture of the Chinese room illustration, where they're describing how a robot can <gasps> interact with humans. Oh my it god! <laughs> and I uh, and when you're speaking to the friendly Cockney golem in the golem room, who is who's, uh, sec- secretly the most tragic death in the entire game, except for the, oh my like, god, except for the Luna ending. Um, I think Luna's in the room with you there when you're solving that puzzle, and uh, the golem's about to say, "Well, there's one right," and then he gets cut off. You know, yes, yes. There's one right, and amongst you, probably it was something he was wanting to say. You know, there's one right there. Yeah, he he was a, yeah he was about to point out Luna, but, yeah. but it, it's unclear unless you know ahead that Luna is a golem, which mm-hmm. and the, the golem room ended up being a sort of creepy dungeon because of, because, <laughs> because of the, I mean dungeon I mean I meant to say puzzle because the uh, I mean you have this, these hanging racks of slightly scary looking robots and one on an operating table but then when the the main golem wakes up as he's talking to you he, he's such a friendly fellow that it's like oh okay this room's not scary at all anymore and the, the <laughs> accent like <laughs> yeah the accent he does not know why he has a cockney accent he was just programmed that way and maybe he doesn't like it and wish he could talk differently yep that's true although uh, there's like there's like a weird kind of darkly humorous moment slightly before that where, like, one of these robots in the line of robots randomly is wearing a pair of boxer shorts. They're important boxer shorts because you need them to wipe away the oil to find the, the, the oil on the, on the, on the thing. Yeah. I enjoyed that moment of levity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that that golem golem is a is a is a great side character. That that five to six minutes that you get with him is absolutely super. And they're playing some really quirky music when you're talking to him, just yeah. just just really um disarming any uh, any fear that you have of the of this of this robot that's just suddenly popping up and talking to you. Uh, uh, we should get to our favorite puzzles later. But uh, what yes. what characters have we not talked about yet? Uh, I'm going to name my favorite character that is not already been mentioned because obviously I like all these characters amazingly, but I'm also going to mention K, and and I'm glad to cheat because it's technically two people 
who is yes. Kay. Mm-hmm. Um, Kay is a character which I just found quite delightful. And one one memory that sticks out to me is when he is riding the Zero Three like toy oh, yeah. <laughs> in the games room, the slot, the slot uh, toy. Yeah. He just has this gleeful expression on his face. Oh, yeah. eyes light up and he's just enjoying this ride on Zero Three. <laughs> yes. Quirky insight into his character, but it is. Yeah, he's 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 quite a logical character, um, and quite reasonable a lot of the times. Until, you know, but sometimes he will just stab you in the back and leave. Like he will abandon everyone. Sometimes. Yeah, there's there is there are some endings where he will just stride right through that number nine door when he yeah. has nine BP. Um, and then he also he will vote betray fairly often, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Like, I think as long as Hulk like, has anybody else harm. Yeah, I think it's like a 50-50 split, honestly. I think he won't kill anyone, but apart from that, he'll vote betray. Mm-hmm. And he always apologizes if he ends up abandoning <laughs> everyone and leaving. Yeah. But, it's a, but it's, you know, I can only forgive him so far for that, because it's still a pretty rude move. Yeah. <laughs> it's so rude to leave me here forever, okay? <laughs> Jeez, okay. <laughs> but he um, is also Akane Kurashiki in one timeline. Yeah, and so that herself is such a interesting yeah, character. K can stand K can stand for Kyle or Connie. Oh my god, you just blew my mind. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, or Kurishiki even. I like how they drop those Schrodinger's cat references to kind of illustrate that situation. Because it mm-hmm. it could be Kyle, it could be a Connie. Absolutely right. Yeah. And uh, and and having a visual novel flowchart to escape the to, to escape to explain the um, concept of events in the future influence the past is right. a very helpful illustration for uh, for how quantum mechanics works. It, it, it I think I, I think I understood quantum physics better after playing this game, <laughs> yeah. better better than any physics or chemistry class I've took I took in high school or college. <laughs> I certainly felt I understood Schrodinger's cat a bit better. Yeah. Also, not just about animal abuse. It's actually like a thing. Oh, oh so there, there is one other character. Well, okay. Two other things that should probably be mentioned before we move on is that Alice is also vaguely connected to 999 because she is the hitchhiker mm-hmm. that everyone picked up at the yeah. conclusion of 999. And not a mummy that had been sleeping in that ship <laughs> no. for, for decades. That was yeah. all nonsense. <laughs> 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 And she even says something like, "Oh yeah, I got I got that all the time." But no, 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 that's not how it happened. <laughs> yeah. But but they leave you wondering just enough throughout the game. Like, are we going to get an answer for that? Seriously, no. <laughs> the answer is no. The answer is no. No answer. Um, but it also turns out she is she's recruited Clover, and they are actually part of a defense department operation. They're secret agents, basically, which is pretty cool. Secret psychic agents. Yeah, and, and and Alice because she's a uh, just an, an extremely brilliant and capable woman, and uh, and Clover because she has psychic powers from the uh, the two experiments she took place that that, that she experienced twice. Uh, the second of which was the events of nine nine nine. You learn fairly late on in the game that a lot of these of the other characters have actually been kind of brought into this situation to enhance the jumps that Phi and Sigma have to do. 
It's a, it's a heartbreaking revelation as well to, to, to know that these characters have only just been brought on, brought in to enhance a plan, as it were. I felt yeah. that that was a bit of a kick in the teeth to, to the other characters. I was like, oh, oh. Not Clover. Oh, not Clover. No, why? I get why, but why? Why, why logically, sure, in the framework of the universe, but why emotionally? Why? You said I know. that cold template inside of a canny. Yeah, you know, seriously. It's you know you could you could extrapolate from nine 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 what her character is. You know she would have to be very cold to put Junpei yeah. through that whole situation in the first place and mastermind right. the way she did. But you really see in Virtuous Last Reward that she is a genius. She's definitely a genius level. Mm. One question that was in my mind, and mm-hmm. maybe we should talk about this a little bit later, but because she's kind of orchestrating these events again but it's sort of a much larger scale isn't it because this is some background that we probably should have given earlier but there is a horrible epidemic of a radical six virus that basically wipes out humanity and actually that is her master plan is to jump and use the timelines to avoid that massive destruction yeah basically have 45 years worth of research and knowledge with kyle claim the who is Sigma, to go back and prevent the events that would then go on to cause the apocalypse, basically. Yeah, and uh, and Sigma and Phi were ideal candidates for this, mm-hmm. and, and which was why they're made the subjects of this game orchestrated extremely carefully so that they'll gain enough psychic powers to go back in time and prevent the apocalypse. <laughs> I, I was a little confused by the wild ride that you that you're taking on for the final ending of this game <laughs> yeah the whole like it's really a straight line but here i'm going to give you this incredibly complicated graph. yeah <laughs> it's really a straight line but you're just experiencing the timeline in a completely different order yes. right and and, and, uh, the- and and this extremely convoluted set of tests that were 40 to 45 years in the making are just so we can go back to this point and change whatever happened in that uh mars research laboratory yeah. Right, the horrible events that released this virus and doomed us all. Right. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I just found myself kind of cycling back to, I mean, those high stakes, I guess, really forced her further down that path of just calculating and choosing, you know, how do I save the greatest number of people? And that's, that is really heartbreaking because she went through 999. Well, a version of her went through 999 with Clover and obviously Junpei. Mm-hmm. You certainly see the characters who had to actually live through the apocalypse are more weathered and beaten down by their, you know, their personalities have changed over these 45 years. Mm-hmm. The Akani is definitely going further down this sort of logical, must save everyone. You know, that, little, that gleeful little girl is gone and Junpei's, you know, he's gone through the ringer. Yeah. I guess Sigma as well, but we don't really know much of old Sigma just yet. I'm trying to find the words to to explain my feelings on this. Like in 999, um, Akani was desperately recreating her memory from nine years earlier, so she so she could survive. Like uh, mm-hmm. uh, to prevent this horrible, to prevent her own death, and to make the like the horrible things that happened to the uh, 18 children nine years earlier, she had to do to recreate everything from her memory. I think that I, I sort of believed in that more than I believed in what happened in uh, <laughs> in Virtue's Last Reward because it's uh, it's like, like what, did she really have to 
um, have herself die in multiple timelines? Did she really have to to abduct three people and have and put them to sleep for forty five years so they could be in this timeline at this time? It, the, it uh, like at first Sigma assumes that he was one of the people that was uh, that was captured and, and sent forty five years to the future, but really it was Alice Clover and Phi. And it like it it seemed a little ultra specific and weird. Yeah, the way I interpret it, these things is yeah. when you have the powers that Akani and Sigma and Phi have, death kind of loses a lot of its meaning. And I imagine to Akani herself dying wasn't very important. And it kind of comes up in the Zero Time Dilemma. This idea is brought even further. It's like when you have the powers of a god, when you can cross all timelines, when your life isn't necessarily bound to a specific body, what does death really mean? And that's why I think she was not afraid of using herself as a sacrificial lamb to get things going. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you in that sense. Like, yeah, <laughs> if, you attain the, if you attain the power of Godhood and you have the ability to spatially go through different timelines, like they did that really interesting uh, diagram of it with the one dimension, two dimension, three dimension, four dimension, yeah. explaining it really specifically. And me as a little bit of a dum-dum, just being like, oh, like, like whatchamacallit, like, oh, I get it now. This, is, this understands, but to not be limited. Uh, I mean, there are limits, as it were, but not to be limited uh, too loosely uh, to to different timelines. Yeah. Yeah, I really yeah. love the, the diagram or the, the talk he got from Zero and that Sigma and Zero had where he was talking about yeah. um, termites and termites, termites being part of a larger, yeah. larger structure that they couldn't see. And maybe humans are part of this larger structure. We're building towards something, but we don't have the dimensional vision to see what that structure could be. And that structure could be this time thing that's going on with Sigma and, and Phi. We're all part of this giant multi-layered, multi, multi-dimension wonder, really. Yeah, it made me think of like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where the humans on Earth don't realize that Earth is the work of art, Earth is the computer. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's they touch onto so many different elements, not just quantum mechanics in, in VLR. It, uh, I, I mean, I thought that the disease Radical 6 was a... Uh, was its own weird, insane creation. It, it one uh, a disease that makes you go insane by slowing down your perception until you have an overwhelming urge to kill yourself. And yeah. but, but then the reveal at the end: oh, all of you have radical six because we needed that slower perception in order for you to develop your psychic powers more easily. And yeah. uh, it, it only just happened to manifest the suicidal Im- uh, urges into Quark and Alice. But yeah, but the the cold sleep stuff, the time travel stuff, the quantum mechanics stuff, the radical six stuff, oh, man, it's such a weird puzzle, and I, it's uh, I, I'm amazed that it comes together as well as it does at the end. Yeah, and the gravity as well, <laughs> like the fact that it's one sixth gravity, which yeah, yeah, and, and, but but yeah. yeah, Fi's the only one that seems to realize it, so she's the only one with superhuman jumping ability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 like when Akani was wearing the case suit, I was like, "There's no way this old woman is lifting up case suit." And but like, you oh, can. Like, mm-hmm. And also when she was like holding Clover in her arms, mm-hmm. which, when you first come out the ambidextrous, I'm like, how strong is Akane? This and, and and because <laughs> I've been jumping timelines so much, and she does, and uh, and uh, Akane's only inside K's suit in that one ending, I had completely forgotten that. Uh, because the game is basically divided into three timelines, depending on which of, uh, which of the first doors you open. Um, mm-hmm. in, in that third one, uh, you never find the old woman's corpse. 
Yeah. Right. So, and and and, and, the, and because I had done so many other like scenarios where you did find the corpse, <laughs> that had completely escaped me. Like, oh, so I save her now, but she still dies in two thirds of the timelines. But oh, she was never dead in this one at all. So <laughs> it, it, she was really under K's all along, or was she not under K's until I changed the past? Is like, does the future really influence the past? <laughs> I don't know anymore. This game is insane. <laughs> <laughs> I love that even the characters in the game are like, what timeline are we on? Wait, who yeah. went to this room in this timeline? I'm like, oh, it's you, Clover. Okay, can you give me that? Okay. Wait, <laughs> wait, you mean like, you don't have the bond code? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, this is very confusing. Like, I, don't, I don't know why giving you a code is going to help because we're all going to explode in 15 seconds anyway, but here's bomb code number one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dio. I was I was gonna say that was the other yeah, that was the oversight I was gonna the other oversight I was gonna point out earlier is so the last piece of the puzzle here is Dio and his arc really I think the main thing it accomplishes is sort of explaining why Radical Six came about and the whole free the soul. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a soldier in a terror in a terrorist organization. And, uh, and you and you learn about that in the second half of the game in various timelines, and figure out that he's a, that he infiltrate he uh, murdered the old woman and infiltrated the experiment on purpose. Right. Not only did they want a large portion of humanity to die in order for people to be saved, but they wanted to make sure that uh, somehow they had an idea about this plan, and they wanted to make sure it failed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think part of the point of the name "Free the Soul" is that uh, they believe that. That everyone except for the you know the, the the most enlightened people are corrupted, and they want to free as many souls as they can by murdering as many people as they can. So right, they and the most so they orchestrate this apocalypse that wipes out roughly two thirds of the population of the world. Yeah, and of course, the most enlightened people are the most advanced, highest ranking in their organization. I also thought, considering the sort of themes of this game, or like the powers that people have, like. Phi and Sigma kind of exist outside of normal reality, you know, free the soul. Could you consider their souls free from their body, free to roam wherever they wanted, really? And part of, and you know, we know that um, Brothers and Esprin could maybe have this sort of religious aspect come from his own perceptions of how he's viewing the world possibly out of sync with the rest of people. It's a, it's a fairly amoral, or what's the word, a skewed moral system uh, in, in terms of brother. It's really interesting. It runs up against Akane's, uh, at least, thesis statement in this in this uh, timeline or in this universe of, of, of Zero Time Dilemma, because it's like, uh, what should I call it? Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a two sides of the same coin. One of them is obviously horrific. The other one is trying to correct the horrific mistake. Yeah. Uh, but both are... Both are morally challenged, I think, yeah. in, in the way that they go about it. Correct right. the mistake, but do whatever is necessary to correct said mistake. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and the means, yeah, it's the age-old uh, story or narrative conflict of uh, do the means justify the end, yeah. is the word. And yeah, I, I'm not too sure, personally. I have to think about that a little bit more. But yeah, it's it's an interesting question that it postulates. It's even more like philosophical when you get into it from, you know, from the perspective of a canny or... Clover or Alice or all the people who are left behind, did it matter at all that Sigma went back and changed a possible timeline? You know, they'll never oh, see right. it. They, they don't know because they'll but, never see it. Yeah, yeah their, their timeline will continue on. It'll be like the, everything was for nothing as far as they're concerned. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite depressing. Yeah, 
because it's yeah because they yeah it's not like it automatically immediately changes it's just no. another splinter on another timeline on the flow chart of the world i guess the flow chart of the world uh spirals <laughs> into spirals into a positive ending maybe <laughs> that's the yeah that's the crux maybe it happens and that's yeah it's it's devastating yeah the the scene with yeah uh the scenes with uh allison clover and quark and temiochi kind of really uh like they use that metaphor about the motorcycle on the highway they really mm -hmm. hit the metaphor home of like we're going to have to still live with this what's yeah. the one and we've been living with this uh, temiochi and quark have been living with it for so long and allison clover are now going to have to live with it yeah, yeah and, and, and it's they're not erasing timelines or correcting the timeline with a with akane's grand plan they, they're just trying to create a new one where this apocalypse doesn't happen that they can all live in yeah it's more like there's nothing we can do to save this one but maybe we can create a little bit of happiness somewhere yeah it's kind of like well it's kind of it's not it's not yeah. so optimistic as you you might think at first all right so i just came up with a like joke crazy theory um, <laughs> there's some timeline somewhere i'm pretty sure where snake is brother because where is he in this game he's an esper too <laughs> Uh, yeah, Snake has brother. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> they, they make it. They make it abundantly clear who brother is uh, in the th in the third game, and um, I, it, it's not Snake. I promise. But it, there, it 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 is some real nonsense once you see everything that happens in that game. Oh good, man, good. I'm excited. I'm all for nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's the word? I'm glad that Snake isn't the ultimate mastermind because I, yeah, I, I came around on Snake towards the end of 99. Right. And he's a musician now. He's like a famous musician. What's the word? Which is freaking wild. Good on Snake. Like, Snake's, Snake's making moves up in the world. He doesn't deserve, uh, he doesn't deserve to be like an overarching villain for a series that del delves into time and consciousness. That's fine. He can just, he's already been through enough. He was a moral so support for all those kids in 999. Let him play his gosh darn harp. <sighs> but then again, but again, he's separated from Clover in this, yeah. you know, continuous timeline again. Yeah. Probably dead in this timeline, to be honest. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> okay. Oh man, I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think the uh, the post-apocalyptic world that Tenmyoji and Quark grew up in would be very kind to a blind musician. Something tells no. me. But remember, he can fight real well. He's got um, super supernatural reflexes. So, like, if anyone's going to mess with him, uh, akin to Daredevil, he can maybe take care of himself. But he's Daredevil, <laughs> yeah. He's Daredevil. Oh, radical sex. <laughs> <laughs> not even, not even a person. He just karate chops the virus in the air, yeah. and then it flies <laughs> apart. Damn. Okay. Solved. <laughs> Solved. <laughs> well, that's it. The apocalypse is done. <laughs> Yeah, the characters in this game are pretty fantastic, and mm. I think one major reason why it all works so well is because you get these little micro-interactions among them in the form of the Ambidex games, yep. where they're in these really high-stress situations, and they have to choose whether to trust each other or not. So I wanted to kind of go around and say, what are the interest, particularly interesting Ambidex results or interactions that you remember? Always the first one that jumps out to my memory is when you vote against, I'm going to say Alice, and she perhaps allies with you and you betray her. And then you, you feel bad, she eats you out for it, or she, yeah, whatever. Like, But then you go back and say, okay, I'll pick a different choice. But then the opposite yeah. still occurs, and you're like, what the hell? 
What just happened? Why, yeah. yeah. Why is why is she betraying now and I'm allying? What is why is it always stuck this way? And I always remember that being a very surprising sort of result for me. Yeah, because she does the opposite of what of what you yeah. do. That's that's another case of the future influencing the past. <laughs> I was so mad. It's like I uh, like the first time I played this game, Ally uh, Alice betrayed me because I was I was more naturally inclined to Ally, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh damn, that this stinks. I'll go the other pathway <laughs> and and betray. So this time this time will neither of us will get points. But then she allied in that timeline, so yeah. so it's so they, they communicated very clearly early on that people won't behave consistently the same in every path, and you, you can't manipulate other people's decisions in uh, to win at the game. You have to sort of see every possible outcome to get the full picture of the game yeah and it's interesting because they they kind of say that to each other at a few various points too because they're like oh i guess you don't trust me enough i understand why you voted the way you did i love when they say that and then they betray you every time (laughs) every time (laughs) alice junpei all say trust me you can trust me i'm your friend and then they immediately betray you you get a complex after playing Virtue's Last Reward. You feel like you're never going to trust anyone ever again. There, there's a great scene. Me. There's a great scene where Phi and K are voting against each other, and they both have this great conversation on why the optimal solution is to is to both vote ally, yeah. and then they end up both voting betray. betray. <laughs> and then and then they can't like look at each other in the eye. It's like it's like yeah, okay. Yeah. All they can do is shrug at each other. They're just like yeah. That was the that was the scene that I was going to bring up about K and Phi. Another one um, that uh, highlights to me is uh, when you finally find out what Dio is and who Dio is. All of and and his his overarching uh, thematic message of betraying everyone except Luna. I want to say if my notes are correct, he he betrays everyone, and then you find out more about what he is. But every single time that you fig once you're in the timelines where you figure it out, and you kind of skew the AB game to kind of catch him out. It, it's it it is extremely satisfying to me to 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 kind of use the you're using the AB game as a way to kind of ferret out his uh, duplicity, as it were. And he, um, with he only, that, he votes ally only yeah. once, but I thought it was against Quark. Hmm. So I, I so my my understanding was uh, he voted ally once just so he wasn't so he wouldn't be targeted by everyone else, hmm. and also because I think he. My theory is, being you know a twisted member of Free the Soul, I think he views Quark as a pure soul, and it may be the only pure soul. Was my thought, was but I, I don't know for sure. Neither do I, honestly. Yeah, I think I know. I think it was because he only had five BP at the time. So even if he betrayed, he would only have eight, and he wouldn't be able to get out anyway. And then maybe, maybe that maybe that was it. Yeah, he, I don't. He, he would betray a kid who would die, who would die in that case. So it would be untrustworthy in any future AB game going forward at that point. Yeah, that's true. And there is like this, everyone is saying early on in those first couple Ambidex games, like, why would you, why would you vote against a kid? And he, even in the very first round, he tries to blame Quark for voting for Trey, which is, which is, it's extremely transparent that he's the one that did the betraying, or or at least it was to me. Yeah, it was extremely transparent, but I still, in the back of my head, was like, is this, is Quark a little evil genius? Yeah, is Quark a little, is Quark Quark a little mastermind behind everything? Yeah. And I was like, going in the back of my head as well. I'm like, he's like, Mr. Dio! And then, and then uh, whatchamacallit, and, uh, and Dio's like, nah, he just said it, man. Like, whoa, yeah. like you, this kid, you should watch out. And I'm like, should we watch out for him? You can't help her because you can't. It, I think the game just forces you to kind of, I guess, examine the relationships that you have as the player between these characters. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, um, I, I found out he doesn't, the only person he doesn't willingly betray is Luna, uh, unless she's already dead, um, because he views her as beautiful. Um, and he's uh -huh. also nicer to her than the other players. It's a little bit of trivia there. That makes sense, so, considering yeah. his very creepy backstory. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that he had, um, I use air quotation marks, troubles, uh, yeah, call it, with women. Yeah, women as part of his uh, the only schism in his dogma and 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 brainwashing in free mm -hmm. the soul yeah, oh. yeah that makes that makes total yeah. sense to me yep it's it's dark that's some dark <laughs> yep but uh but quite yeah yeah the ab game is um uh, uh, maniacal and duplicitous it's it's uh it's a very interesting very interesting uh a very fun framework. quest on to add the ab game to i really did enjoy voting every time and seeing how the votes were going to turn out. I really did look forward to the little board coming up. Yeah, it broke up It broke up the gameplay nicely. There was a point in the game where the AB game was was uh, starting to become the focus. The escape rooms were kind of uh, uh, dabbling out a little, and then it was more about the, the kind of, yeah, the relationships between the characters and, and the timeline jumping, and I really liked that part of the story. Mm -hmm. I liked the escape rooms, but when it started heading towards that kind of, like, more about who these characters are and why they are and how they react to each other and what sets them off and what doesn't set them off. I found it uh, fascinating. Yeah, the, the stuff with Dio is the, the thing that comes to mind for me, at least. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. he's, he's a yeah, bad man. Yeah. Bad man. And I'm glad he gets <laughs> everything that, that, uh, that um, is coming to him, as it were. Yes. I mean, he doesn't get a little right in the back of a car. <laughs> no. no, he doesn't. He also doesn't have uh, prosopagnosia. No. <laughs> he, he can remember the he can remember the faces of others, and he didn't try and organize an irritating no. time to kind of, you know, maybe maybe be able to see faces again. Right, it an is. unethical like run a pharmaceutical <laughs> company and have an extremely unethical plan. But they even mentioned that uh, the the people in the pharmaceutical company, including Ace, were members of Free the Soul. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but. You see Snake wearing the robes, don't you, in the first game, in the, the Free the Soul robes. When you first find Snake in the coffin, he's wearing these oh. robes, which are yep. the Free the Soul robes. You do! I knew oh, they were familiar. I hearing your voice where you just like, oh my god, I love that every time. Damn, he did, because the symbology. Yep, yep, not yep, yep. Damn, this game, these games are good. They're, they're good oh, with their the, yeah, multi-tiered foreshadowing. That's good. I like yeah, that. they, they tie together well. Wow. So what you just said about the, the characterization being the real driving factor in the game, that mm. segues nicely into probably the, the one area that I had trouble with, which was mm. just kind of toward the middle, having to go back and redo the first AB game and those segments with those puzzle rooms so many times, I think is the only point mm. where things really dragged. Yeah, the uh, you basically have to do the events following your mm. second puzzle. So this following the, cy yeah. the cyan, yellow, magenta doors. Yep. You have to basically do that six times or maybe even between six and nine times, depending on... Uh, on who trusts you or distrusts you after after the game. I'm sorry, after the uh, that that's first round of escape rooms, and it's it's annoying having to replay the an extremely similar segment so many times in a row. Yeah, with very minor differences. Mm -hmm. I also felt like another annoying part of the game was the amount of times you had to follow the little dot on the map. Sometimes you go on forever and I'm just like, this game is two thirds plot, one third uh, puzzle, and one third following this, this body dot. Wait, I think that's one third. 
That's four yeah. thirds. I know. There's an extra third that was added just for the start. The dot is nothing extra. And it's it's silly because like they showcase that they do can instantaneously switch between rooms to other rooms, but that dot thing is still there. You still have to look at it as it goes up and down, floor A and floor B. They showcase that you can switch between it. It's yeah, minor gripe, but totally understandable. Yeah. Oh. And and also this game has uh, sixteen puzzle rooms, which is the same number as nine nine nine. But I but I think I think you can I think you can uh beat all of the puzzle rooms and see all the endings in 999 and maybe half the time it takes you to do the same thing in VLR just because yep. there's yeah. so much so much reading and so much fo- like following the little blip across the map and what and watching yourself go up and down elevators <laughs> like, like like VLR uh there's a lot of plot and it's good, but there's also just a lot of waiting and watching and reading that I'm maybe just... maybe there could have been less of it. <laughs> Siggy, Fredo! <laughs> <laughs> Every time! I hate that little rabbit answer. Yeah, and hearing that like six to nine times after you vote for the oh, first yeah, time. Oh, yeah, it triggers something in you. It does. It's like, shut up, shut up, Jimmy. Yeah. Oh. I want to be done with you. And then they play like that really. I mean, Sierra Judy is a character. Right? He's a psycho. They play that really sad farewell music oh, yeah. when it's yeah. for Zero Junior to leave. And I'm just like, every single time, what's the what? I did the skip function to get through all of his dialogue. It plays it at like ultra speed, and then it goes into silence. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's the way that God intended it. That's the way that, <laughs> that's the way that it should go. Because man, that first time when he's like, I'm sorry, guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to leave you. I'm like, I won't miss you. Yeah, it, you may hate the character, but you've got to give it up to the voice actress. Who oh, dude, she... Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> passionate in that role. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's performed she, so well. Yeah, I love it. She, the voice acting in the game, just in general, is is pretty top-notch, I oh, want to say. There, there is no deliveries in that game, at least... like as, Yeah, as much as I d- dislike Zero as a character, I can appreciate mm-hmm. the voice acting. Everyone's voice acting in this game is... Like pretty much spot on uh, and on point for the characters yeah. that they're trying to convey. Yeah, the moods and tones and, and really you know, um, yeah, Quark sounds like a like a little kid. He, he talks like a little kid. Tamiyoji sounds like a tired, groan groaning old man. The voice acting is something that is to behold. Uh, did you guys have any personal favorites in 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 the voice acting department for characters that really helped like sell the character to you? Mm. Um, I mean, I thought that uh, that Dio was perfectly douchey in his voice mm-hmm. in his voice role, mm-hmm. and also very amused, at least for the English voice actors. Um, Dio and Alice are married in real life, and were both characters in Persona Three, so I enjoyed that very much. Uh, I, I, in a similar vein, Alice, I think, because when when she she's a pretty bitchy character in this, you know, this game wants you to be frustrated with her a lot of the time. I felt, and I felt like her voice actors really made me like grip my teeth sometimes. <laughs> like, oh, your your tone right now is very annoying, Alice. Yeah, Why are you, like blaming me when you just did the same thing. <laughs> but then that scene where she she kind of lets her guard down with you uh-huh. is pretty well performed. Right, like, there's yeah. a change in that tone when she's talking about her father and. Mm-hmm. So sad. 
Yeah, I, I shed a tear at that scene as well. The the idea of um, mm -hmm. what you call when she says, uh, "Why why don't you just like?" I think it's uh, I think I might have this wrong, but she says, "Why don't you just kill me?" Because at that point, like she has uh, at least in the AB game, like tried to or tried to kill you. Or I think it's at that point where she wakes up after after giving uh, being given the Excelivir to, to to cure the Radical Nine, and then she mm -hmm. chooses uh, Betray. And in one of the bad endings, you die. But in yeah, the oh my god, ending, that scene. Where you see she, Alex in the doorway. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those scenarios where you picked Betray and Sheath picked Betray, I think. Uh -huh. And because you, mm. you both did, you didn't lose the points, but you would have been negative. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's uh, it's it. Yeah, that scene is uh, impactful. Yeah, she's just like, why don't you want to kill me? And you're just like, no, that's not who, that's not who I am. Or well, Sigma's just like, no, that's not who I am as a person or or a character. Mm -hmm. And then you get her uh, her her character uh, and backstory uh, in regards to her father, which is sad. Despite the fact that there are other timelines where Sigma go tries to go through that number nine door, like it's. Mm -hmm. It's a very strange feeling seeing these vastly different reactions and people saying they won't do something or will do something, making promises, breaking them. Something that's very human in a lot of the characters, you know, they're not always 100% logical sometimes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get just fear and people wanting out of the situation. Yeah, a lot of the bad endings are just someone can't handle it anymore, so they make yeah. a break for the door. Yeah. <laughs> Were you so, very surprised the first time you actually made it past the number nine door and it didn't cut out like to a bad ending? Yeah. <laughs> I was. I was like, oh my god, I'm actually seeing the other side of this door. Right. Yeah. But you get a bomb code. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the last major area that we have to discuss is puzzles and puzzle rooms. Mm -hmm. so... Oh god. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the puzzles got a little bit bigger and more complicated than in 999. It's less mm -hmm. finding hidden objects and uh, more, you know, connecting hidden, hidden objects with uh, some number or visual puzzles that can get pretty challenging. Oh, and a lot of color puzzles, which is fun for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yikes. <laughs> yeah. A lot of color puzzles. Oh, when I first played this, I had a spreadsheet for a couple puzzles and a notebook for the others, and I very proudly beat the whole game without checking anything, any online solutions. But because oh, I was playing nice. this on, on, on this, this was four years ago when I was uh, when I was pet sitting for a friend and basically just uh, and and uh, basically just alone in the house for seven days, <laughs> um, just playing VLR and taking care of dogs. <laughs> but, yeah, I did. I, I, when I um, I, I bought a I bought a Vita, and I want to say uh, 2015. It, uh, I, and I basically bought four games in the first month or so of having it. So I didn't have very many games on the machine, but VLR was one of them because I was really eager to play the sequel to 999. Okay. So I, I, I binged those four games super hard right away. But nice. but, but any, anyway, um, this time because I knew I was playing on a slight deadline, uh, and and I beat the game about uh, a, a little over a week ago, like eight or nine days ago, because I was um, this time I happily went to the internet for, for a couple puzzle solutions <laughs> ju just so I wouldn't be stuck on them for hours and writing in a notebook like I did yeah. four years ago. Sometimes but, you're hunting for a thing to trigger the next thing. And yeah, exactly. Like, like, I, and and I, I didn't know what, uh, what you know, um, panel to hit or something. Yeah. Right. But I, I was proud of myself. I like, I, I, uh, I'm much better with number puzzles than I am with visual puzzles. So like I had uh, for, the, for like clicking the red the red or the magenta and green panels, I looked up solutions online. But for the dartboard math, I was able to figure that out on my own. So it's 
yeah, I'm, I'm not bad at these, but this time I definitely checked a guide for, I don't know, probably a full half of the puzzles in the game. Yeah, that leads to a really interesting point. Well, A, this is not a very colorblind-friendly game. Um, no. But, especially, but B, like, like, like red-green colorblindness is, I think, the, the, mo the, the most common one, especially. One yep. Yeah, uh, and uh, the there's a lot of, oh, hit the red versus the, or the green. <laughs> well, even the doors, even the nonary game itself, the doors are chromatic doors. <laughs> but like for those dartboard puzzles and those color switching puzzles, sometimes it's like, oh, you have to do them in this color order or yeah, get them right. in. Right. And uh, yeah, it's a, that, I'm not colorblind, but this game definitely poses a problem for colorblind players, definitely. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. and, no, the, the chromatic doors are just... Kind of a joke. <laughs> um, it's a lot, like, like the whole theme is color, and this is like, oh well, that's yeah, right. it's a theme. I'm and, not worried at all. <laughs> and the second part of the point is there's actually a good variety of of puzzle types. There is mm. some logic puzzles. There are some more numerically oriented puzzles. There's some kind of sequencing puzzles and some color. Yeah, it's some nightmare. Put the ball in the hole puzzles. Oh my! <laughs> okay, what am I? What am I like? laugh out loud moments in this game is when you get to the treatment, the um, treatment center yeah. and and there's this simple like jellyfish <laughs> put the thing in the whole puzzle and they're like if if you don't do this immediately at this point we're disappointed in you yes. and you should be sad and we are judging you <laughs> it's like, wow. Gary, they, they judged me they judged me hard on that puzzle man i failed on. <laughs> i think i think the the ice puzzle in the pantry oh. To me, to, yeah, yeah, that that one yeah. took that one took me several tries to do, and I think it's mm -hmm. oh shoot, it's either Fee and Fi and Clover or Fi and Alice in there with you, and they Alice. they get super judgy <laughs> around around, around mm -hmm. failure number nine or ten. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just do it, Fi? <laughs> I love if you put it on easy, like they'll like or like you know the easy difficulty, they'll they'll spell out the. The, the puzzle solution to you, but if you leave it on hard, they'll just kind of bitch at you. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> oh, no, I, I, was doing, I was doing some trophy hunting in this game. I was not going to switch to easy. You start every puzzle on the hard difficulty, and if you get stuck, you can switch it, but that means that puzzle room, you're on easy. Yeah, you don't get the, the gold file reward, which is like full of spoilerific tidbits, I want to say. They're mostly illuminating to read, but uh, mostly I just wanted to get them to, for completion's sake. Mm -hmm. uh, I was not going to leave the room with just one password. Right. Oh, okay. So yes, quick explanation. There's a safe in every puzzle room, and that's the goal. And there are always two passwords. There's one to get out of the room, and there's one for a secret file that gives you extra information about important items or people or events. And sometimes it's just fun. Oh, yeah. in, 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 in one room, I accidentally got the gold file way before the escape the escape uh, the escape <laughs> file. I think it might have been two rooms, but it was. It, it, so sometimes the gold file is like take the final puzzle and do this weird offbeat task instead of finding the solution. And sometimes it's like, oh, the gold file is just hidden in a totally separate puzzle that you can get an, like twenty minutes before finding the escape solution. It's 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 a. Yeah. Uh, it was always fun and rewarding, but sometimes a little head scratching. It's like, well, why did they put the gold file here in the escape room there? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I think another one where I found, I found difficult was the, the golem room with the, the spelling of the password and how to get that. Yeah, one one of them is you had to do oh. you, you did you did it in the order of the golem's eyes lit up, and the other one was the golem's the order of the golem's eyes not being lit up. 
That's it. Yeah. Yep. I was stuck on that one. Yeah, that took me a while. That mm. one. And but it's cool because it does really force you like the puzzle rooms where you know that the two safe passwords are really connected. It really forces you to say, okay, how can I think about this puzzle in a different way? How else can mm-hmm. I look at it to get a second answer that makes sense? And I love that. Absolutely. All right. So favorite puzzle rooms. I mean, with a bullet for me, my favorite puzzle room was the last one. I want to say it is mm-hmm. probably the coolest aesthetically in, in the entire series, honestly, aesthetically mm-hmm. coolest and most interesting mm-hmm kind of uh, juxtaposition of aesthetic purposes and actual uh, practical purposes in the terms of spatial awareness. And it kind of really focuses on the theming of VLR as a whole, both narratively. And it kind of is a greatest hits of all of the, or not all of them, but uh, a lot of the puzzles that you encountered in all of the previous rooms. I I did Um, not appreciate that room bringing back the dice rolling puzzle only because, (laughs) only only because rolling the dice with a, uh, with a with a joystick is annoying when you when uh, on, the when, worst. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can do it with the touchpad on the Vita or 3DS, which is which is much better. But doing it with mm. a PS4 controller, it was the, both the the dice puzzle both in the archives and in the quantum room were oh, pain yeah. for mm-hmm. Difficult. Yeah, um, but uh, the the idea of just like going through you know to get uh, the the three memory cards to activate the, uh, the, the terminal, which allows you to uh, essentially complete the puzzle room. I thought it, yeah, I thought it was, I, I'm, I struggled with a lot of the rooms. Uh, what's the word personally? I, I did it all on hardware, but I, I, I spent a lot, like a, a lot, like when I say a lot of time, guys, like a lot of time, like a lot of time. <laughs> like I spent uh, many hours on various puzzle rooms because I'm, not the brightest, like I'm not no, the brightest one nice. when it comes to numbers or spatial awareness. The logic puzzles and word puzzles, they they were fine, mm-hmm. but the, the but it took me a long time. I, I managed to crack through all of them, um, but uh, this one was like kind of like a nice juxtaposition uh, between uh, puzzles that I quite enjoyed during the entire playthrough uh, versus the kind of uh, rising tension or rising uh, rising suspense as to what actually is mm-hmm. happening. I thought it was the perfect uh, marrying point between the two. And that's why I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, like a close second to that would probably either be the pantry or the crew quarters. I, I, I The crew quarters fairly early on and the pantry, I, I found the pH sliding scale to be to be just like a bundle of fun to kind of navigate <laughs> and, and, and figure out, to just be like, uh, to just kind of find yeah, out the, which level is the one to do. And, 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 and the, the, do. The, the trick is the water is slightly acidic from the get go. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and I, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was uh, a fun little guessing game. Uh, to kind of uh, puzzle out and and deal with. I will say some of those safe passwords for the alternate for the secret files. Man, they were. Uh, some of them are obvious. Some of them are not obvious. Oh, what's the word? Yeah, some of them are very interesting. You have to kind of, as you say, Hillary, think outside the box. How about mm-hmm. you guys? What are your favorite puzzle rooms in the experience of Virtue's Last Reward? Um, mm. I, I loved the botanical gardens just for the oh, change. Yeah, just, yeah, just for this change of setting, and also I think the puzzle in it was pretty good. There was you had to collect a lot mm. of items first, but um, just the, be it being a nice setting to play around in, and then uh, f- and then and also it being a very large setting where you had to change your position within the room several times. But then ultimately, 
following the symbols illuminated in the stream felt like a felt like a fun final reveal. Mm-hmm. And and also was. that was that was a secret file that was very logical to me because like mm-hmm. oh when you do them by the order you find them you get the password to escape and when you do them in order of the size of the nice. star then you uh, then you get the yeah. password for the for the gold folders like oh this this didn't feel over convoluted or over complicated and yeah. this is a very beautiful place that I liked spending time in. There's just something really like comforting after in the middle of the game about having a, a veggie cutting coin puzzle. <laughs> like, yeah. you get to play with veggies. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I, I get to pull, like, carrots out of the ground and some of them have coins inside. I, I, if I was a child, I would have loved doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought it was weird that they called it Bee Garden and no one seemed to figure out that Bee obviously stood for botanical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone just called it Bee Garden. <laughs> Apart from the Bee Garden, I, I like the, the Golden Room. I do. yeah. Um, you know, half because you know Gollum is such a fun character, and just half because there's that sinister sort of creepy atmosphere in there that you can really feel. And it's also it's that it does have one flaw, which is when you're there's so many shells with so many little things on them, and you try to click all these little things, like a tiny yeah. screw, a tiny screwdriver. It's like no, these aren't interactable. But apart from that, I'd really do like that room and that puzzle. So those two are definitely really high on the list. The other one that I think I might want to mention is the lounge. I just kind of like the atmosphere, and I was really amused by the cocktail and liqueur names, and just <laughs> having a puzzle that centered around making cocktails was pretty fun. And just the weird pairing of that with the astrology puzzle. Yeah, probably had the like the strongest theming to like the overall plot. Yeah, as well. you know, like the red moon and. Right, the eclipse, and it sort yeah. of, it, it's the one that got everybody thinking, like, well, how much time has actually passed since we got to this strange place? And I just have this weird feeling. I can't describe it. It's a weird feeling. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, my body feels light. Yeah, it's really light for some reason. <laughs> I'm getting headaches. Uh, I'm getting headaches every so often. Man, I, what's the word? I just don't feel so good. I feel dizzy. Yeah. That, that, on my foreshadow, like, radar, yeah, that was a big thing. Being like, hmm. <laughs> Mm. they're either uh, infected with that virus or mm. yeah there were like mm. three or four different things going on there that they yeah. so mm. the lounge is good too those puzzles were a mile beyond anything that 999 threw at you the hardest puzzle in 999 is maybe a mid-tier to low-tier vlr puzzle yeah. I, just wanted yeah. to, I just want to throw that out there but, yeah but, like VLR had maybe one or two mini games in the later puzzles. Every VLR puzzle had either one, to, no, even either two to four mini games. And then the, yeah, I was like, oh man. Yeah, the yeah, very okay, the very first time puzzle. I the very first time I played this game, and the the second uh, the elevator puzzle was of course first, but the second one I did was the crew quarters. And I think the crew mm-hmm. quarters might be harder than every nine 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 puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Weirdly, it yep. felt the most like maybe it was the environment, but that felt like a very 999 environment. Mm-hmm. It, it, it reminded, yeah, it reminded me a little bit of the prison cell in 999. That that mm-hmm. puzzle towards the end of the game. Yeah. In one mm-hmm. path, but the, the uh, I mean, this game feels like a 999 sequel. It's it's uh, there's you know a, a lot of DNA shared between these games. Uh, DNA, Hillary, you have you have thoughts on DNA? But but. Um, I I thought the puzzles were overall a little bit more complicated, a little bit more uh, challenging, but they uh, I I don't think they crossed the line for me. They might cross the line in ZTD, which I also think are a slight a slight step harder than than VLR's puzzles, or at least some of the later ones. Oh, but you've got to be kidding me. But uh, <laughs> but 
I, I, I thought these were really fun and satisfying. I have very fond memories of following, of, of writing down in my notebook the very first time I played this game, but oh, and, and and revisiting it. Um, th- there was there's an there was appropriate distance between me and my first playthrough of this that uh, it, it they felt very fun and a little nostalgic going back to them. Uh, Good. Even though this is a hmm. a, a, a story heavy game that you know puts. Uh, that a lot of the value is experiencing the story for the first time. Um, it, it's fun enough that I was happy to replay it. Yeah, I agree. The puzzles were, were generally fun. Um, so let's go around really quickly before we wrap up and just say least favorites. And I'll start because I think I've already shared mine with all of you. Um, <laughs> but my least favorite was probably the laboratory because <laughs> real life interfered and <laughs> have worked as a DNA tech. Um, the puzzles center around you <laughs> finding specimens and supposedly looking at their DNA through a microscope and extracting the DNA was also a part of the puzzle. So yeah, I spent a lot of time during that one going, well, why is the dissection under the hood? You need a hood for the DNA extraction. And wait a minute, they didn't lice the cells. And You know, I think maybe that worked my background worked oppositely for me since I, <laughs> since I have a, I do have a background in environmental science and doing field samples and stream monitoring. So the botanical garden just felt, felt fun again. It's like, Oh, I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing soil sampling and stream monitoring. I love that. <laughs> I'm, <at work>. Yay. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing a macro invertebrate count or, uh, or, or identifying the soil type, but I, I let that slide, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I just couldn't, couldn't let go. <laughs> But I, I was happy, like, matching up the base pairs kind of felt pretty satisfying at the end, though, at least. <laughs> it, was, it was the most, the puzzle room where I felt like the most I didn't know what I was doing. Like, oh, I got it, but I don't know how. <laughs> so I can I can empathize with that statement, yeah. there, Leona. Yeah, I, I also didn't know what I was doing. Also, R.I.P. Lord Hoppington. Bless. Oh. Yeah. Bless. Okay, that, that was the other R.I.P. Lord Hoppington. Don't store your DNA. I, I know it's in a nifty little capsule, but don't store your easily contaminated DNA sample inside a preserved frog. Where do you <laughs> hey, Lord Hoppington was taking very good care of that. Yeah. <laughs> Until you cut him open. Clover got attached very Yeah, I think it was Clover. She was like, really like, you can't do that. I also like how there was like the fancy sample tray with the like dual-headed lion eating the sun motif. <laughs> Just hanging around in the lab. The amount of lions eating suns throughout this game. They flash back to all of those in like one of the end game uh, endings. Like I think it's near the true ending. They flash back to all of the nine lions in that you've seen throughout the entirety of the game. All <gasps> of them. They just do like a huge, gigantic, like you know how they did the black and white like memories slamming into Sigma, so he remembers. They do mm-hmm. all of the nines, and I was like, damn, I didn't see two of those. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. They really, they really ham- hammed it on there. That this is a this is a big key thing. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I did not pick up on the tray. That's that's how that relates to that. I, I, yeah, I didn't even see it. I was like, oh, what's this sequencer machine? What? <laughs> They're saying that we can't use it now, so obviously that's important for later. Make a note of that in my notebook. Walk off. And I also have to go. I have to dramatically say, oh, there are nine of them. Uh, <laughs> are then wait? Are there nine of them? Are there? If the name flying at the sun. And guys. <laughs> Guys, it's maybe maybe you didn't notice this at first, but the big door that you have to use to escape <laughs> has a giant number nine on it. Damn, damn, damn! It's too much. It's so it's all connected. Everything's connected. 
the number <laughs> nine. <laughs> okay, so are there any other least favorite puzzle room gripes? My least favorite is probably the PEC room. Uh, mm. Oh, yeah. I spent a long time. There's a point where you're inside the chamber with the inflatable zero the third, which sounds more wrong than it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, there's an inflatable zero balloon. Yeah, something. You just turn around at one point, it's right there. Ah! <laughs> uh, but there's a point where, like, I think Clover or someone's on like the other side of the glass and you're inside, and I could not figure out how to get out of this room. I spent maybe two hours trying to get out of this room before, you know, you had to specifically click, like, a little section under a shelf. For yeah, it's a callback to when... Yeah. To when she gets trapped in 999 and you're supposed to get her to mm-hmm. find something. And it's really hard to fig- like figure out exactly where to click to get her to see the instructions that you need to open your side of the door. Yeah. And then there's a color puzzle with a, a doll as well. So I was like, oh, this room's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's, there's a color puzzle with a bunch of lines that you have to connect as well. Yep. Mm. It's a big, big no for me, that one kicking myself a little bit right now for not questioning why they had to do so much pressure equalization yes. and, and stuff. Cause they're because the- <laughs> that's not the same as decon- like decontamination procedure yeah. at all. <laughs> but I didn't question it. Yeah. I mean, we sport everything, but they on the moon. That's a, that's the thing. They, they 150% on the moon. They staring at the earth. The moment that you get out on Dio's ending, as it mm-hmm. were, I think it's Dio's ending. It's the first time that you go out the nine, 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 nine door. Come on. So the, the nine, the nine door was the word. You got the nine door and you kind of understand what else is there. I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm kicking myself too for not for not picking that up earlier because I was like, oh, that's like an airlock procedure in any other science fiction show ever. You'd be in space, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd be in space. Well, oh. Turns out that's also part of the plan. So, does anyone else have any least favorite puzzle rooms? I mean, I think it would be unfair oh. for me to say all, all of them. I think they're all. I think, I think, for me, okay, I'll justify it. They're extremely well built, and I like them a lot. I'm just, yeah, I love the story, but the escape rooms, I'm like, oh, it's good, but puzzle yeah. solving is, yeah, not it's my forte, but I love them. Yeah, I'm like, this is both good, great, objectively, subjectively, oh, Trent's having a hard time, but I can, I can, I can slide away and just be like, I wonder if the next game is, you say that the next game has harder puzzles, I wonder if I could just slide away and just maybe brute force my way through those ones as well. Yeah, my uh, least favorite and most favorite puzzle rooms are, the, are all of them. It's Schrodinger's puzzle room. That's I love my, uh, that's I love my, my, uh, my theory. Well, not my theory. My, my, just my opinion on on all of the puzzle rooms. They're, they're good, but my god, it could be uh, any my, given one. <laughs> my good, it could be any given one that I like and dislike at the same time. Yeah, they all have that one thing about them that just like drives you insane. They all have like that one thing that just trips you up. Yep. It, that's not in- inherent. That's not even inherently incorrect because all of them each had one mini game that tested me. <laughs> that tested me. But yeah, uh, it's it's a good game. Lots of good puzzles. Not, nine is an important number. Any other final thoughts? Um, 
the cliffhanger ending where you're about to go back in time to save the world yeah. from destru- destruction made me want to play the third game immediately. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. and that third game didn't it didn't come for I want to say three years, maybe, maybe uh, longer. I'd have, I'd have to check the exact timeline. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if it felt longer because it was basically after the game. It felt like it wasn't going to come out. Yeah, like it basically it got canceled and then revived. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like so much like fan hype around it that like, interest was eventually received, and they did make the game, but it looked like it was cancelled. Like that virtuous last reward was all we were going to get for a long mm-hmm. time. Do you think that that's because of the sort of continuing trend of this series being really well received in the West? I think it could have something to do with it. Yeah, for sure. I think it maybe it didn't have as much support in Japan, and being uh-huh. you know uh, from a Japanese developer, that made them less interested in bringing it forward in in, a, in, in producing the sequel. But eventually, it was I, I think it was uh, fan demand, and that that created genuine interest from new producers and let them finally make Zero Time Dilemma. I mean, at least now now the the guy's still working. He's doing that collaboration with some of the Danganronpa staff that I'm pretty interested yeah, I can't in. Can't wait for that. I can't mm-hmm. wait. Which yes. also it changes art style when he goes back to the past, and I thought that was a really nice touch. It goes back to the nine 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 style of hand like drawn. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that's a, there's a level of detail that I just yeah. Find interesting. It really shows that they really do, or at least the the creators of the series do love. Oh, yeah. the, the the story or the, the, the saga that they're telling with the amount of callbacks and tie-ins and they don't feel ham-fisted or, um, or uh, shoehorned in like some other uh, well-known mm-hmm. and storied franchises in history. Uh, they, they, it feels subtle and it feels uh, human and it feels real, which is uh, a testament to both VLR and 999 uh, in terms of its character and storytelling and art style and direction. The, we, we haven't mentioned much, but the music, I guess I could talk about the final final thoughts. Yes. The soundtrack for both 999 and VLR are like follow-ons from each other in the best ways. The leitmotifs yep. in, in 999 are mm-hmm. evolved and um, used to great effect to enhance character character moments in VLR. That, like, that's part of the reason why they affected me so much, is that specifically the highlights on the soundtrack uh, I linked a, a little bit of it in the pre-show, but the the the, the song that plays during uh, Luna's uh, ending with the uh, musical bird pa- musical birdcage music box that she carries uh, as part of her. Yeah, and then it builds into this resonant symphonic oh. uh, orchestral finale while you know she's yeah. uh, essentially dying. Um, oh my heart! Oh my heart! My yeah. If there's anything to say about what's on the game, is the music, like Shin, uh, the composer Shinji, Shinji Hoso, he, um, he did fantastic work with tying the musical threads of those of those two games together. And it's part of the reason why I love VLR as much as I do. Yeah. yeah. That's my closing thoughts on that um, that chapter of the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to tie something in for my final thoughts, which is the opening movie. Um, Mm-hmm. had a tie-in like that for me when I booted the game up for the first time and I heard that little musical strain that you hear at the end of 999 when, yeah, Junpei and Akane are working together and they have that kind of playing in the background mm. with the video going through this, you know, why do people betray each other? Yeah. It really hit and it made me yeah. very interested every time I booted up the game. 
it uh, yeah it uh, it evokes a real real sense of yeah of of intrigue but also like melancholy yeah well, uh, a lot of emotions mixed up in that that particular track yeah a lot of emotions and now, now that i'm done going back to that there, there's like another layer to it because of what tenmyuji says about akane not being the same person because she's yeah. orchestrated things so much because yeah. you're like oh that's a betrayal too yeah. <sighs> sure is she chose the world in instead of of the at least in that timeline instead of the mm -hmm. the relationship that she could have had or the rekindling of the relationships that she could have had with uh, Junpei, and yeah. yeah, and he he suffered. I mean, he chose oh, yeah. it uh, granted, but he suffered greatly for that, uh, and so did she in her own way to become the progenitor and the the creator of trying to architect humanity like to become like humanity's savior yeah it's a lot of yeah a lot of a lot of yeah very uh very emotional how about you uh Salusi? do you have any final thoughts uh about akane she i i i think she has regrets she's just an unusually driven woman who will mm -hmm. who is, is more determined to uh to save as many people for the greater good, even if it's at the mm. expense of Tenmyoji's feelings. So I, mm. I, uh, I, I respected her a great deal oh, as, much as, as much as you can respect a video game character, I guess. My, my thoughts after this were, this is a game that, uh, 999 does it too, but it wants to subvert the idea of you play a visual mm. novel multiple times to see all the endings yeah. and see, mm -hmm. and, and, and seeing the endings in a visual novel is part of mm. a, uh, part of the motivation to play one a lot of the time and vlr and 999 and ztd are like oh yeah um how what if the characters in the game remembered all of the times you did a new ending it's very formal <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah and it uh and, and they do it in a way that doesn't feel trite or or weird i um i i, I really really dug that subversion of a what what is a normal feeling video game idea? If you uh, if if you're familiar with visual novels, I I I I was riveted the first time I played this game, and it was almost as fun, uh, playing it the second playing it a second time and just seeing the breadcrumbs and seeing the uh the characters react in different ways. Uh, like, like I didn't I didn't notice them calling. I said this before, but I didn't notice them calling Sigma Grandpa so many times until playing it the second time. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm. j just little things like that makes me makes me realize that this is a very smartly designed, subversive, cool game that is greater than the sum of its parts. And the sum of its parts mm -hmm. is pretty cool already. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So housekeeping. First of all, upcoming retro episodes we've got a favorite tales of episode and a follow-up to our thirst for battle episode about battle systems and then our next game journal is vesperia as yep, usual that, that's the whole month of february right there <laughs> <laughs> so look forward to that and as always please send us email retro at rpgfan.com and find us on social media rate us through your preferred podcasting channel and let's say where we can be found. We'll start with you, Slosi. Sure. I am at the Real Monsoon on Twitter most of the time, at Evoker for Dogs on Twitter other times. Mm -hmm. I am Monsoon Mike on Discord and Monsoon on the forums and Mike Slosi in real life, even though we've abandoned the whole uh code names thing about about twenty <laughs> minutes in. But I, I, I did I didn't decide to police them as zealously as I did during the nine 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 episodes. <laughs> I think that's fitting. You know, this is the reunion, so it's okay. I think there wasn't code names in this one, really. <laughs> Everyone used their real name except for uh, 
I guess Dio K. K. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's it. Luna's real name is a a lengthy golem designation. <laughs> yes. So that's okay. Uh, I, I guess you can find me at... Uh, oh, I'm Tronagorov. You can find me at, at uh, ARKODO17, ARKODO17 on Twitter. Um, I'm not uh, super present on Discord, but I think I have my just my actual name, which is Tronagorov uh, on Discord. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. Yes. Uh, how about you, Leona? Thank you. You can find me on Twitter at Starmongus, and you can also find me on the RPG Fan Discord server, where I'm also Starmongus, and you can also find me in the RPG Fan forums at Starmongus. Great. Thank you for mentioning the forums. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to. <laughs> yeah. So I'm EP Fire, both on those forums and on Discord, and that's the best way to get in touch with me. And I'm Hillary. So thank you all for joining me and having this discussion of VLR. I'm so glad that we decided to continue and yes. go on to the next game. I'm a little less excited to continue on to Zero Time Dilemma. <laughs> I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if we need to have a podcast about that immediately. Immediately, but we could do a continuation sometime we, in the future. We can make this save this discussion for outside recording. <laughs> Let's yeah, just, those of us who are new to the series want to know what happens. Yeah, I, 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 under, I understand you wanting to know what, what happens in the next game, but I am much less excited to replay that one than I was to replay uh, Virtue's Last Reward. It may surprise you, actually. That's I, fair. It may surprise you. Oh, it'll surprise you, but it'll also confuse you. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I agree to disagree in this one, so we'll see. All right, well, thank you so much again for joining, and... I guess this is the official end.